Okay, so this is what I this is what I was going to talk about. Um, or this is what I talked about earlier that the in the episode did not safe. So pretty much excuse me. There is this excuse me. So in the Bible it talks about Jesus and it talks about, you know, it talks about how Jesus at one point said to Mary, once Mary asked Jesus to turn water into wine at her friend's wedding, at one point it said, it's what it said about Jesus well, what Jesus said to her, excuse me, tripping over my words, must be tired. But anyways, what Jesus said to her was, it is not yet my time. And that I feel like is super reflective of something that I'm going through. So I've been a demon hunter my whole life, but not, and I've known my whole life. But not until last year did I truly feel like it mattered. Not until last year did I truly feel like it came into play. Where last year, it seems like everybody figured out. Then I started actually fighting a bunch of demons, you know, off and around people. And for other people to see and know. And it's just funny because, you know, I've always known I fought demons. But why did last year become so apparent to everyone when it was when it's always been something that God has known and it's always been something I've known as well because he told me so I think about Jesus and how Jesus stayed on this earth 33 whole years Jesus had to grow up on this earth he stayed on this earth until he was 33 a very grown man and all of those years all 33 of those years Jesus was the son of God all 33 of those years Jesus was the Messiah all 33 of those years Jesus home Jesus carried power he was very powerful all 33 of those years Jesus was who he was so why you know in his later, I won't say later years, but why in the years leading up to his crucifixion on the cross, you know, which I it doesn't, the Bible doesn't specify, but I believe was in, you know, that's not I want to quote, but I just want to say that I feel like it was maybe within the last few years. Why then? Did people start to truly, you know, be intimidated by God? Why did they start to truly, you know, they started to truly follow Jesus? People started to talk about Jesus. Jesus um, became so very popular that everyone knew him. Why in these later years did that happen? Why wasn't it like that his whole life? Now, if you read the Bible, you know that it really was. It really was. But amongst him, amongst family and friends. So 
the three wise men knew about Jesus. And even the ruler of Rome, you know, in the years that he was born, knew about Jesus. But as he grew, as he grew to be a young man, you know, in his early years, up until him leaving Galilee and venturing off, you know, why didn't people, why weren't people as, I want to say excited, but why wasn't he as popular? Because the one thing that's, that is said in the scriptures, it is said that in John 4, 44, a prophet, a prophet is accepted everywhere but his hometown. So I just, you know, I remember in these scriptures, it says that he wasn't able to perform as many signs and wonders and miracles as he was in other places in Galilee or in Nazareth because they didn't believe because of disbelief. All of these people, you know what they said about Jesus. They say, yeah, he might be a prophet. They say he may be a prophet, but there's no way he's the son of God. There's no way he's the Messiah. There's no way he is who he is. You can't tell us we watched him grow up. We saw him running around here. We know him. There's no way he is he is able to perform these miracles. There's no way he's able to do all of these things. You know, because pretty much they're saying if he has been this person the whole time, then why didn't we know about it? Right? And they're questioning Jesus's actual identity. They're questioning his power. They're questioning his purpose. And it didn't bother. Well, it did bother Jesus. Yes, it did. I can't lie. I said it didn't. But the thing about it is that Jesus just kicked the dust off his feet and kept it pushing and went to different places, to different towns where they accepted him as the son of God, where they accepted him as the Messiah. And even though it was debatable in a lot of places, they believed he was able to perform real miracles. He was able to make things happen because they believed in him. But because the people in his hometown could not believe those people weren't able to be healed. They stayed sick. They stayed sick and they weren't able to be healed or brought to, you know, I would say brought to God because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. There is no way to the father except through me. So if they are not accepting him as a son of God, then what does that mean? They don't have a way to the father. They're not able to be brought to belief. And so it's, it's very, it's very sad to me. It's very sad to me because, excuse me, I question, I said to myself, 33 years, Jesus was able to turn water into wine. Now, that's not specifically specified in the Bible, but he had this power since he was born. He's the son of God. 33 years, he was able to perform the miracles that he performed. 33 years, he was capable 
but not up until he was 33 did they crucify him for it. Did it become that ignorable? I mean, that unignorable, excuse me. And you know that he was able to perform these signs before the, the public realized about it because it says in the Bible, first it says that Jesus did not want, it says multiple times in the Bible, Jesus did not want everyone to know what he was capable of because it wasn't yet his time. Jesus knew that it would come a time that his power and who he was would be revealed to the world. And at that time, he would have to die for the forgiveness of all of our sins. He knew what had to be done. He knew the timeline. He knew everything that would happen in the process. He knew from start to finish his whole life. He knew it. And that's because a father told him. And another Example or more evidence is that Mary, when she came to Jesus and asked him to turn water into wine at that wedding. See, he had never turned water into wine before, at least not in the public. But Mary had to have known that for some reason. Now, Mary knows her son is the son of God because she knows that she was a virgin and that the angel came down and said that she was going to birth the son of God, that she was favored amongst all women. Mary knew who Jesus was, and she knew that Jesus was in turn capable of anything and everything. Jesus could do whatever he wanted to do, anything. And she asked him to turn water into wine because she knew that he was capable of it. Now, also another thing in the Bible, not only did the people from his hometown doubt him being the Messiah, who he was, but even his own brothers, his mother's sons, sons of Mary and Joseph. His Jesus' brothers doubted who he was because in the Bible it says that it was the day of the festival. And I, I think it was the festival of unleavened bread. And they were all going to the festival and they said, Jesus, are you coming? And Jesus said, I cannot go because they do not hate you like they hate me. They hate me because of who I am, because I tell the world that it is wrong. So you go on and go without me. Have fun. Even though Jesus snuck by later and found that they all talked about him, you know, like he was a liar or that he wasn't who he was. What it says before that is that even his brothers doubted him. It says that even his brothers didn't fully believe in him. So if Mary saw Jesus turn water into wine, of course his brothers saw it too, right? So his brothers know that he is capable of turning water into wine. And yet still they didn't even fully believe. So this, this all of this, I say all of this to say we all know Jesus' story, right? We all know how wonderful and how blessed and how amazing his story is. Best story ever told, of course. But I say all this to say, this is super reflective of my own story. Because I've been a demon hunter my whole life. I'm 24 years old. I've been a demon hunter since I can remember God has been telling me that. I've always known that. But now, not up until last year, 
or yes, not up not not for the past two years have it ever been so evident or mattered this much. God gave me a vision. Excuse me. And in this vision, I have a castle that the Lord gave me and a kingdom that the Lord gave me. And I am suited up in armor that the Lord provided, made of pure gold. That's less than important. But everything, all of the armor, all of my, you know, weaponry, shield, everything, my helmet, everything is made of such a such a substance that, you know, you could never, ever ever see here it was like the gold was so beautiful and so expensive but also it was such an hard armor it's past bulletproof because i remember <laughs> i don't know if this matters how much this matters but i remember growing up and thinking about the the armor back in like in the beginning like i don't say the beginning of times but like in the really early days where they would actually wear like full metal armor super heavy and I wondered about the actual effectiveness of it being able to truly stop weapons. I looked it up one time and I found out that, you know, it was super heavy, often caused, you know, back problems. And, you know, it often caused the, the soldiers to suffer from, you know, just body injuries due to just carrying it in the weight that it carried and how much it weighed but they were so strong you know oftentimes you know I won't say they didn't they didn't complain but I would just say that it just made you stronger and I also read that the effectiveness of it actually stopping weaponry was like not it wasn't even a really good rate like it wasn't even really good for protecting your life not that i thought that it was because people could get into the gaps you know the gaps that they had it didn't cover every every piece and part of your body you know some certain areas would be open so i i thought that maybe that was why and i find out that no actually it's because they're using i don't want to quote because i this is so long ago i read this but the the material excuse me not the material the substance that they used wasn't very effective. It wasn't very effective. Like, first of all, at close range, it looks like they would be able to stop the sword from penetrating through the armor. But the sword can actually penetrate through the armor at close range. And... Sometimes the first time they stabbed them, it sometimes it didn't even take more than one time one time to stab them in the same place. Oftentimes, the only real protection that they had was the shield, which also was made from the same stu- substance, but just would hold them off a little longer. They weren't very well protected with their armor, but the armor that I wore, it was impenetrable. And it was it's it's so far past that word. This this armor that I wore, it was such a like it was like gold, except for 
nothing could get through. Nothing. And I was covered from head to toe in his armor. And it wasn't heavy. It wasn't heavy. All the questions I had about armor. And then I I realized that God brought me to learn about that for a reason. You know, he put that on my mind and on my heart for a reason. Because he knew that one day I would see who I was in the spirit. And I would see what was going on. And I would see what real armor looked like. What real armor was like. And how everything that we do as humans, even though it's all, you know, just a derivative of God because God creates through us. We are his creation and he leads us to create. Even though all of this is just a derivative of what God is capable of, we could never create on such a level. When God creates things, it's amazing. Like I want to say perfect, but it's just past perfect. It's amazing. It's amazing. And so in my castle, First of all, my kingdom was so big. It was like the size of Africa. It really was, but bigger. And my castle, my castle, my castle was so huge. And I would travel to far off land, so far. I'm telling you, like, if this, this, this was heaven. Heaven is so big. Heaven is massive. Heaven is massive and it's so beautiful. It has the most beautiful sunsets. Like just look, oh my goodness, you have no idea. Just looking at the sunsets is just pure bliss. It's bliss. Like what I don't care anything on this earth and everything put together that ever created any type of happy place for anybody anybody put it all together and it's nothing compared to a horizon in heaven they're beautiful they are so beautiful like if it's the only thing you ever got to see in your lifetime it will it would have been more than worth it but anyways my kingdom my castle overlooked this most beautiful horizon was overlooked by this most beautiful horizon. And in my castle, it, there was a prison. This prison was for demons. And when I say this prison was for demons, I don't want you to put in your in your mind that these demons are coming in like body forms. Like some do, but these demons were like shapeless, shapeless beings. They were like smoke. Have you ever contained smoke before? What did it take? Because the prison cell that was in my castle was just metal bars. Well, that's what it looked like. It looked like impenetrable metal bars. It made of such a substance. It it could never exist here on earth. This if this kind of substance existed here on earth, like bridges would never collapse. Home buildings. Buildings would never, you know, fail or be faulty. 
the pipes in the ground like would never never crack like if this if a gun was made from this type of substance here on earth you know like wow wow like this type of substance is like it's so strong like i don't know how to explain it it's like it's past bulletproof it's so impenetrable that like like you know god himself had to make it and he did but it was like the cell in my dungeon, it was really reflective of very, 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 very old cells. Like back in like probably the back in probably the years that Jesus was on earth. And these cells, like they look like, you know, if you were probably really skinny or flexible that you could squeeze through the bars. But that wasn't what was holding these demons in. It was a power. God had put such a power on my cell. He had made my cell or he had made these cells. So it was just one in my whole castle and it fit over. I don't I can't give put a number on it, but it had to be hundreds, if not thousands of demons in this one cell. And they were so cramped and packed in. But guess what? They're formless. They're like smoke. They're literally, they're shaped as smoke. Like that is, like imagine a smoke cloud. That's what they look like, black smoke clouds. And they're cramped. Because it's such a power. God made these prison cells with such a power that it holds demons specifically, specially made to hold demons. They can't get out. They could never get out in a million years. And nobody, nobody even came to my castle. It was my castle, just me. Me and Jesus. Jesus would be there. I think I had maybe, um, I had things, but nobody would be there. And if anybody ever was there, it would never be. First of all, only people who was ever there was me and the demons I captured. And the demons I captured would never be let out of this prison cell. And they begged they begged. So one day Jesus showed me a vision of me in in the dungeon after I was down there cleaning my <laughs> cleaning my sword and cleaning my armor. And I was just looking at, you know, just admiring all I had done, you know, because it's hundreds, thousands of demons I had captured in my lifetime. This is my life's work. I have been doing this since I was a kid. This is what I've been doing in the spirit. I've grown to be a very valiant warrior. And as I looked at them, you know what was so different? Like it almost even like it caught my attention so much that I said, like for a second, I actually showed emotion towards these demons. I had never done that. Because they're demons. These demons are responsible for nothing but stealing, killing, and destroying. So, all I know is the demons cried out. They cried out in such a just horrifying, desperate way. They were so desperate. I'm telling you, these are these are arrogant, arrogant demons. You know, a lot of these demons, like they're some of them are very, were very, very, very hard to capture. 
When I'm telling you, like, I'm so good at my job. Like, to say that a demon was hard to capture is saying a lot. I'm very good at my job. If a demon was hard to capture, that's because it was a very, very bad demon. Like, it was one of the worst ones. And these demons are in this in the cell speak talking amongst each other screaming out amongst each other and they're all starting to scream i come down and i check on them every once in a while but they're starting to scream in such a desperate way where they're like please just let us out please i'll give you anything like and they're really really serious like they're they will really give me anything and i'm like what could i ever ever want from you they're like please trust me trust me i'll give you anything i can offer you things like they're literally like don't you know when it's such a conniving scheming wicked individual or spirit or soul or demon right and they are so conniving and wicked that if they had something very, very, very valuable, like worth everything in the world, they would bury it somewhere. And it doesn't matter if you were somebody that they actually spent a lot of time with, cared about, or if it were dire circumstances, they would never tell you where it was at. Ever. I'm telling you, selfish, conniving, evil, wicked, all of that, self, all of that. And when I first put them in there, the only thing they did was talk mess. They would say, uh, you know, how dare you catch me? You know, or they would say, um, if I get out of here, I'm telling you you're going to pay. But they knew they were never getting out of there. So they probably would ever say that. I'm not going to lie. They knew who it was that caught them. They knew me. So the only thing that they could say was, you know, um, just things to try and to try and hurt me. Like they would say stuff like um, anything you could say to somebody trying to hurt them. I can't think of things because the thing is, I'm different in the spirit. They would have to say something different that they would say now to hurt me. You could say something now in the flesh and it would hurt my flesh. But they would have to say something that would hurt my spirit. <laughs> and they were they were the ones to do it, trust me. But I, they would say anything, everything. They were liars. A lot of things they would say would even be true because they, they meant it. Because they were, you know, never getting out. And then when they got to the point where they realized I was never letting them out, they were prideful demons. They would say, you know, I would never, I would never bow down to you. How dare you, you know, and you better hope, you better hope and pray that I don't ever get the chance to get let out of here. And like, they're like, that's what kind of demons they are. But then they get to the point where they're like, okay, please let me out do anything. And. I'm just I'm just looking at them like I'm the same person that put you in there. I'm the same person that you knew from the jump. As soon as you got in there, you was never getting let out by me ever. So why now are they begging me like this as if I would ever consider it? I don't believe this. I don't believe that they would even ask me such a thing. They know better. I'm only time I come down here is to put more demons in. I'm never letting demons out, ever. 
I never would. Not just because um, I work for God, but because that's what I want too. I don't want demons on this earth stealing, killing, and destroying. Like, you're about to stay in that prison cell until Jesus come back down to get you. You know I'm never letting you out. So this going to be pretty much you. once you get in that cell, you might as well count on, you know, the next time you ever get let out is to go into the bottomless pit. You can pretty much count on that. If it be up to me. So you know not to ask me nothing. You know not to ask me not a thing. You know better. You know better. So they're just suffering. I'm talking about, don't you know if you, I don't know if you ever know what it's like, but pretty much they're sitting in their cells and they're waiting for, you know, to be thrown into the bottomless pit. They're getting so desperate that they can feel it. They can kind of feel the heat of the fire and sulfur pit. They start like it's getting that serious where they know they're about to be there soon. It's about to be it. Like they're like, please, just for a second, just let me out. And I'm like, why are they acting like this, God? Like I asked God because I'm like, what? Like, hold on. Like this was what's what's weird about this. What's weird about this is that they actually, you know, are desperate enough to ask me to let them out, knowing that I would never. But for them to be that desperate would mean that something's up. What's up, God? And God comes to me. He says, it's because I'll be back soon. And they know. They know that it's getting close to that time. I'm about to be back soon. And they scream out. They scream out more. No. Let me out. They're going crazy. They're jumping back and forth in the cell. Some have even accepted their fate. Some are even some are even in the cell saying, Hey, stop jumping back and forth. It's not enough space for that. Like it's overfilled. The cell is filled to the brim, to the brim with demons. I have been working very hard. I don't ever take a rest. God literally, God literally has to tell me like, why don't you rest? Look at all that you have. Look at this kingdom that I gave you. Look at this castle that I built for you. Look at all of these different things that I give you. All of these spiritual gifts, all of this power. Look at this horizon that, you know, overlooks your kingdom, that your kingdom overlooks. Why don't you ever enjoy these things? And I'm like, God, I love all of this stuff. All this stuff is more than enjoyable. All this stuff is everything. But I just love to work. I love working. God has been telling me this my whole life. I will watch movies and I will watch I will watch women who like, you know, they never get a chance to sit down because they love they love their job so much that they have everything, every their work, all the work that they've put in have afforded them everything anybody would ever want. But they never sit down to even enjoy it. And it's not because they don't have the time. It's because they love working. They don't even like they barely even stop working to to sleep. They'll work themselves to sleep. Me in the spirit, I didn't even sleep. I didn't have to sleep. But I needed to rest. And so God even said, rest, you need to rest. So one day I'm overlooking the horizon and it's so gorgeous. And the only reason I've even stopped 
Well, one, because I had to. Like, I had just come from a long journey of hunting demons. And, you know, I think this time I didn't actually come back with one. But, like, it doesn't matter because, you know, there my, my, my prison cell is so full to the brim already. But, of course, I'm still trying to fit more. But the reason why I didn't come back with one this time, I don't think I could um find one. That's not always the case. I don't want to make it seem like... You know, I never have ever had an experience where demons got away. There's so many of them and they're so, they all do many different things. And I'm always trying to hunt the best ones. Well, not the best, the worst ones, the hardest ones to get. And so it's, it's not, you know, new for me to come back without one, but I usually don't come back unless I have what I came, what, unless I have the one I was set out to get. And I know which ones I'm hunting too, like. It's like they they end up on a list, an, an invisible list. But um, all I know is I get back from this long journey. And the only reason I come back is because otherwise I would have passed out. I barely make it off my horse. Like my horse is pretty much just like my horse is so beautiful and so strong and just like so obedient. Like my horse is like I don't know, like a uh, extension of me at this point, because I'm never without my horse. I'm always out working. I'm also never without my armor. I have so many beautiful dresses, so much beautiful, you know, so, so much beautiful things to wear and enjoy in my castle. And I never even take off my armor. That's that's something Jesus said to me, like, Look at all these beautiful dresses and things that you have and you always just wear your armor and it doesn't stink or anything like this armor is so heavenly made like I, I could wear it for a year straight and it would still smell like a new car. It's wonderful. Everything is wonderful. And like. I don't know, like it's like there's no smell, there's no stink. There's no nothing, there's nothing bad in heaven besides, well, I guess these demons I'm hunting down. There, there is bad things, actually, but there's so much good for good people. But um, all I know is God is like, I remember looking around my castle. God, you know, just look at this, look at that. Everything's made of pure gold, such a beautiful gold. Marble floors like plush very 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 plush materials like royal expensive heavenly materials it's a castle i'm the only person in it you know and it's all mine and god made it for me and it's filled to the brim with gifts he's always giving me gifts god has always 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 given me gifts always I have so many gifts and I love each and every single last one of them, but I'm always working. I'm always working. God gives the best gifts ever. God gives the best gifts ever, period, because he knows everybody. and He knows exactly what you want and he's perfect. He gives the best gifts ever. So I remember seeing a big gold cup, like a pimp cup, but like. It was just like a, a big gold drinking cup. I remember seeing a bunch of different things like that, like gold vases and, you know, beautiful, beautiful dresses, a closet full of 
everything a woman would ever want. My bed, my bedroom, so plush, so comfortable, so plump. Like this bed is like sleeping on clouds, but better. But um, I never slept in it. <laughs> like I, I've slept in it before, yes, but like I never sleep in my bed because I'm always working, and like I will stay gone on journeys for months and never sleep. I don't have to sleep. So like when I got back to my castle, um one this this is this one time God is like you know, enjoy all that I've given you. Like look at all these wonderful things I've given you. And I'm like, "No, God, I love this. Like I appreciate everything he knows I do though." I'm like, I would I love all of these things like if you know honestly i could i could spend the rest of my life with each and every single last one of these things like if i only had one of these things for the rest of my life for the rest of eternity i could spend my life i could spend the rest of eternity with any of these things all and i have all of them like i'm more than blessed and my horizon my horizon is so peaceful like like I don't know, like it's like heavenly bliss. It's is is heaven, but the horizon is healing. Like you could just look at the horizon, and heal everything. It's so beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life, and I really love views. But um, like I never spend time on it. So one day I'm overlooking the horizon, and I'm just like taken aback by it's so beautiful and it's so gorgeous and I just feel like an overwhelming sense of just peace love joy you know compassion feel I feel fulfilled I feel everything and then you know immediately I'm just like I just want to work but I just want to work I just you know I'm thinking about I'm at the I'm on my horizon thinking about work and God is like, all you do is work. Well, he's actually proud of me. He's actually very proud of me. But also, like, it's just another reminder that, you know, here in my flesh, I'm complaining about, you know, it, when it feels like God is not giving me a break. Here in my flesh, I'm complaining about when it feels like, you know, you know, God is not caring about whether I've had enough or not. But in the spirit, God is begging me to take a break. I love work. So I come back from another journey. I rush off to another journey again. But this is just just like always, right? I come back from another journey and I find my whole kingdom burn to ashes. Burn down to ashes. And when I get there, I'm devastated. My castle burned to ashes. Like, I I get to my castle and the demons have been released from the prison. This is an impenetrable prison. God made it. Especially for these demons. They would have never been able to let themselves out. They would have never been able to do that on their own. So I know that somebody did that. But it's already obvious because my castle has been burned to the ground. First thing I think is, first of all, how did they find it? 
Second of all, how how did they get the ability to let them out of this prison? Must They have to be a certain level of power to do that. They have to. Because only I'm able to let them out and never let them out. Only me or Jesus would never let them out. So this demon, you know, it's all, it's already know what's going on though, because it's a prophecy placed on my life that when this happens, that means it's time. And the demons, they're hovering, they're hovering around the castle and oh my gosh, it's almost like, I can't even be, I'm not even upset because like, you know, I could capture them easily. Easily, I could just capture them right now again. Like, you know, probably just reach my arm out and just, like, hold them. You know, choke them and just hold them. But what's the point? Because I have nowhere to put them. Like, the the prison has been burned out. And they're kind of hovering around and just rubbing it in my face. And this is how these demons act. This is their character. They're hanging around just like, you know, are you going to get me? I'm right here. Look, I'm free. I'm free. Knowing that I could easily get them. But they're kind of just hovering around because they know, you know, the prison has been burnt down. Nowhere to put them. But even if I wanted to hold them in my pocket, I could. You know, that's what I usually do until I get them into the prison. But I'm like, it's not no point. And they know that. And that's why they're kind of like hovering around and just like teasing me. So that's at least my concern. At this point, I just worry about my castle being burned to the ground. I'm worried about the person or, excuse me, the demon, the entity that was capable of doing this. Because imagine my my cell being filled to the brim with, you know, not so easy to catch demons. And this demon, you know, has released them. This demon, I cannot lie, is a little powerful. So I still know this demon is not that powerful, though. It's like because you when you know who God is. Then you know that these you know who these demons are, too. Now, even though they may be you might take a little work to put them, you know, it might take a little a little bit of work to, you know, catch them. Some, not all. Yet still. They are still catchable you know as opposed to any of them ever hurting or defeating me it's not happening god's not letting that happen period so i talked to god like when i see it i'm devastated and god is there he's overlooking everything and he's like you know what this means so if for anybody who's like why would god let them burn your castle down if he's always there, well, that's because it's prophesied. They have to, this demon which has to come and burn down the castle and release all of the demons. It's in Revelations. Read it. Satan is released from, from prison for a time before Jesus comes back. Yes, this is in Revelations. Read about it. So, I'm like, so he's like, so you know what it means. You know what this means. You know what time it is. And I'm like, yeah, it's time. And at this, while I'm ready, while I am, you know, prepared, ready, ooh, excited, 
you know, just it's time. Like, you know, it's time to put in work. Like, I know everything. I'm completely aware of everything that that means. I'm still, it's a bittersweet feeling because I'm also devastated. Because my castle has been burned to the ground and all my life's work. I'm talking about 24 years. What this time? 22 22 years of hunting down very, very, some very, very hard to catch demons. And they've all just been re-released. Like, I didn't do all that work. But it doesn't matter because, you know, I just, I don't know. Looking back, I do think, you know, I haven't, I didn't ask this question because I know, I know, you know, what's going to happen. But... It almost makes you wonder, then why did I have to spend that time working so hard? I never slept. I love my job. But I don't regret anything. I don't wish I could take any of it back. So like I said, I love my job. I would do it all over again. Even though some of those are very hard to get. A lot of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking back like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. But um, all I know is the only thing that was really left. For me to even sit on, everything had been burned to the ground, not even a seat. Things are still on fire. The only thing left for me to even sit on was a rock that overlooked my horizon. And before that, it was actually, I believe, a patio or a balcony in my castle that I would overlook the horizon. But now it's just a rock. I sat on my rock and I overlooked the horizon. It was so beautiful. So beautiful. And it was the only thing that could calm me in such a situation. Well, actually, the what's what's about to happen and what time it is, is calming. Well, not calming. But um, it's comforting. But all I know is I started this horizon and I thought, you know, time to cut my losses. Time to move on. Because now I know it's time. And when I, when I say it's time, it means it's, it's time for me to move to a new place, build a new kingdom, and, you know, get started all over again. But in the process of all of this, what I wound up doing, what I wound up, what I, what I wind up doing is defeating the demon witch who came and burned down my castle. That's what it's time for. It's time for me to defeat her and for Jesus to come back. But what's confusing with me is the timeline in these things. Because I'm supposed to be moving forward to build a new castle in a new future. So that's going to happen, you know, either during this fight, before this fight, during this fight, or in the process of this. Like, But... Me building, moving on to build a new kingdom, which is just now being brought to my attention, could be the new heaven and new in the new earth that God speaks about in Revelation that I will help build. Because in Revelations it says that you know some people will have to um, fight in the end times and help God rebuild heaven and earth, while the other people are in heaven waiting for the new heaven and the new earth. I believe that I have been commissioned for these end times to build the new heaven and a new earth. This is tribulation. We're going through tribulation right now. 
And I just remember me on my, it was like a still picture of me on my horse. And my horse was up on two legs. Such a beautiful brown horse. Oh my gosh, I love my horse so much. I'm telling you, my horse is so beautiful. My horse is my best friend. My horse loves me so much. And is so intelligent. Don't you know the kind of horse where it's like if you jump off of a cliff, your horse catches you? Like, I didn't see that happen. My horse is like that. My horse be fighting with me to catch these demons. My horse is a demon hunter too. So... Like, my horse is so, like, my horse is like my horse reads my my mind. Like, whenever I need it, it's there. Like, I can just think what I want to do, and my horse does it. Like, this horse is heavenly from God. And my horse has armor, too. And it's so fast and so strong and so powerful and takes care of me and looks out for me and protects me so like when i'm so tired i'm about to pass out my horse carries me home my horse carries me to safety like and my horse is tired too like my horse is always out there with me my horse is a warrior a fighter and so strong but all glory be to god because i don't want to sit up here and idolize my horse like god didn't make my horse so wonderful and perfect for me And me and my horse, (laughs) we just like, okay, we in this together. We got this. Like, well, not just, not without God, but, you know, of course, God. But, like, I just see a still picture of me on my horse with my sword in the air. And I'm just like, let's go. And we take off. We take off to find a new kingdom. Of the new land and this demon witch so that I can defeat her. And the understanding is that this demon witch is a, I want to say it's a good fight. It's a pretty good fight because with this demon witch, you know, obviously the demon witch had to be to a certain level of power to be able to release my life's work. There's no way I'm going to leave my place vulnerable. First of all, God would never even, you know, God has built it in such a way that it's like it's never vulnerable. You know, I'm putting very powerful demons there. You don't think that they're spending all that time worrying about how to get out. There's no way it's vulnerable, you know. So for her to release it, she has to be to a certain like she has a certain level of power. Yes, I know it's a she. And this demon witch is so wicked so evil she don't like she didn't release those demons for herself because oh my god my friends no they are her friends because they're evil but she released those demons because she's just wicked she just wants to see calamity in the world and you know like kids dying from cancer murder rape all of this sick stuff in the world those are demons she's releasing so that means she wants to see this kind of stuff. Wicked. And I can hear her laugh in the distance. It's a cackle. 
I can hear her cackling in the distance, proud of what she had done. And I don't even respond, but I know, like, trust me. Like, you're going to, I don't even want to say you're going to regret it because she's so wicked. Like, she knows what's going to happen. She don't care. I don't say she don't care. It's just that she's so wicked that that's the, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. She doesn't want to die. She's not stupid, but she knows she's going to die. And so her cackling in the distance was more of a, in the meantime, I'm still happy. I'm able to inconvenience you and cause more calamity in this world. It's like she knows she's going where Satan's going. But it's just happy in the meantime to dis- steal, kill, and destroy. She's just like Satan. Satan's worse. I'm not going to lie. He's extensively worse. Only because nobody could be as bad as him. You know? But she's very, very, very wicked. But if you know the level that Satan is wicked, you know, that doesn't take away from her wickedness at all. So... All I know is, well, not all I know. I know everything, actually, but this is what's relevant. Jesus is like, you know, I'm not even upset because there's no reason to be upset because Jesus is like, so you know what this means. That means it's time and immediately I am reminded that this is the first, like this is the clear evidence and the first sign of what's about to happen. What it's time for. So as I head off to this new land, I know that I'm going to build a bigger, better, more beautiful kingdom. And when I get there, there's so much in store for me. And one of those things that I already know about that's specifically in store for me is to kill this demon witch. She's going down and she knows it. She knows the prophecy as well. That's why she knew that she would be able to do what she did. That's why she knew that she plays a part in all of this. The reason that she came in, I'm not saying that she would shy away from it. She's who she is. But for her to even like, like she knows the prophecy. She knows that she's supposed to come and burn down my castle and release these demons. She knows that I'm going to come and find her. And she knows that when I find her, there's going to be a big fight. A big fight. That's not, you know, I won't say that it's, you know, I won't say that, excuse me. I won't say that it's like downplaying her capabilities. It's not at all downplaying her capabilities. But she still loses. And she knows that. She knows that I win. She knows that's how the prophecy ends. And you can't change that. She knows that that's what's going to happen. Period. She knows that I know that. And she's, I wouldn't say she's afraid of me. She, I won't even say she's afraid of death. But she knows what's going to happen. And she knows that's coming. And it's going to be a big fight. It's going to be a lot of back and forth. Like, you know, she get a hit off on me. I get a hit off on her, you know, (laughs) blow for blow. 
until I ultimately win. That's what happens. I win and first of all, like I'm I'm just stronger than her. I'm just I'm simply just stronger than her. I'm more powerful than her. God has placed so much power in me that I'm more powerful than her, but it's not about me overpowering her. It's about me fighting for good. Like she is so wicked. When I kill her, I'm going to be releasing millions. I'm sorry, I didn't want to put a number on it. But I'm going to be releasing so many people from bondage of her. She has been terrorizing whole families. Whole families, she's terrorizing people. And I'm really, when I kill her, I'm going to be releasing them of that. But I can't really speak for all of them. A lot of them wants her gone. But so many are so afraid of her that I have to defeat her first to ever hear, you know, from them about how they feel about it. Like she's terrorizing people. And... I don't know, like, she knows she's going to die. But that doesn't mean that she's going to stop fighting me. That's, you know, and I wouldn't even, I can't blame her because that's part of the prophecy. The prophecy is we fight, and it's a big fight. But she she does know that she, you know, that she ultimately dies. And, like, if I said that I don't get her, I don't get that, you know, that would mean that I don't get the prophecy. And the necessity in all of it. And how God made it all happen. Like, while I may not know why everything is so necessary, I know that it is. Because God is perfect and he loves me so much. Now, as far as this demon witch goes, like, I don't know if there is a person behind you know, this the demon that's controlling, you know, this person and that maybe that person can be saved. That I will say is very reflective of God's character. Where he saves the person and whatever it is they're done is they've done is forgiven, but they're released from the bondage of that. In the spirit, I do know though, the demon that is behind this character is what's going into the bottomless pit. Like, well, she's gonna, what's well, gonna die? That's that's what God told me. It's going to die. And this bottomless pit, you know, that's in the, it's in Revelation. It's like that. Just like I know, there's a lot going. There's some, you know, there's few. There's some people going there. There's some entities going there. But she's dying. She's gonna die. That's what God showed me. I'm going to kill her. So, um, it's going to be no more of that, you know, but, um, I know that I was holding these demons for Jesus to come back and get them. So it's kind of different this time that I'm actually going to kill her. Well, the word was defeat. I'm going to be honest. The word was defeat. So, but yeah, it was definitely like kill more like kill. And I usually don't kill them. I usually just hold them for Jesus. So this is reflect 